Hello and welcome to the Crypto Standard Podcast with me Jordan and me Jim where we take the cryptic out of crypto. We are not financial advisors but we just love the world of crypto and want to make it simple for you to understand. Today's show is sponsored by Zumo, the crypto wallet making it easier than ever to buy, own and sell crypto. Zumo, smart money for everyone. And of course, our brilliant media company, Gokstein Media, making all of this possible. Today's episode is all about what's going on in the cryptocurrency space. There's some huge and exciting things happening, but mainstream media just aren't covering it. So we are here to give you more of an idea of what is actually happening out there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast with me, Jim. And me, Jordan. And I'm looking out the window again, Jordan, at a beautiful sunny day in Dundee. The water is so calm over the River Tay. There's blue blue skies, little bit of cloud. I'm looking at the hills in the, in the distance and I'm thinking, isn't Scotland a fabulous place to live? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. The the one day a year that we get the sun, it's uh you really try and get out there and sunbathe, <laughs> even though it's 10 degrees. <laughs> uh, one day a year, I'm trying to convince so many people to move to Scotland. And yes, okay. Well, I would say we get 50 days a year of sun. It's not It's not like Spain where you get 200. So what are we going to chat about today? Today we're going to chat about what's really just what's going on in the crypto world. Well, we've told the audience about what cryptocurrency is, what blockchain is. We've given some real relatable people to listen to and learn from. And now we just want to just explain what's going on in the world of crypto uh, today. There is so much going on. And because you and me, you live it and we breathe it, we podcast it, we tweet it, we read, we research. It's kind of second nature, all the stuff that's going on, but everyone's living their busy lives and people are tuning into this podcast and hopefully sharing it with friends, family and and people who are new to crypto. And I think it's good just to give them a digest in this episode of what's going on and why this whole space is going to take off over the next five to 10 years. Yeah, there is huge things going on, but because it's not reported on mainstream news like BBC. People don't know the gravity of what is actually happening in this space. And that's a great place to start because let me tell you one thing that was reported on mainstream media and has hit the financial press and is is in the Telegraph today in the UK, it's in the Guardian, it's in the Sun, it's even made the Sun, it's in the Mail Online, it's made it. And that is Coinbase went public yesterday. So for those of you who don't know, Coinbase is probably one of the largest digital exchanges and cryptocurrency wallets in the world. It's based in the USA. It has, I think it's like 40 million users. And yesterday it floated on the NASDAQ. And I think it floated at $250 or something that ended up at $100, something like that. But that is some story, Jordan. It's huge. I see it as bringing the crypto world and traditional banking almost together. And yeah, you can see the transition now that people are wanting to get involved in it. And if they're not wanting to dive straight into Bitcoin, investing in Bitcoin, they can now just buy shares 
in a company that is selling other cryptocurrencies. Yeah, that's that's I think that's the big that's the big point here, especially for America. So so many Americans have got savings plans, I think they call them 401ks, that's their pensions, and they have brokers. I remember seeing all the adverts when you go to America for Charles Schwab and Fidelity. And so they've got these mutual funds that people have paid into for years, but Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has never been one of them until now. Because you're right, what can happen is, let's say, let's say my name is Alice and I'm 45 and I want to buy Bitcoin, but I'm just, oh, the whole thing's a bit too scary. I don't understand it. I don't really want to open a Coinbase account, but hey, I can actually take some of my savings or my earnings and put them in and buy coin, which is the, the ticker for Coinbase. And I can keep that in my savings portfolio and see how that does over the next 20 years before I retire. And that's the massive amount of money that's going to move into the space when all these silver tops and baby boomers say, you know what, I'm going to buy some Coinbase, the same way they can buy some GEC or Boeing shares. Yeah. And Coinbase is the first one to do it because it is the biggest one and most user friendly. But now there's gonna, you will see over the next few months to years, lots more exchanges floating on stock exchanges. Yeah, it's already rumored that Kraken, which is another fantastic exchange, is also thinking about going public. And let's not forget our own little Scottish exchange and wallet that started up and the sponsor of this show is Zumo. Um, and I, I think Zumo will have a debit card or credit card out before uh, Coinbase or Kraken will. I mean, I've got a Coinbase card, but it's for spending Bitcoin. It does, it's not really, you can't spend my pounds on it. And that's, that's, that's the next thing that's coming. The same way I said that traditional banking and cryptocurrency are combining, this is another aspect of that, is bringing a debit card that I can just spend my cryptocurrency with. Yeah. So that's Coinbase. That's big news this week. And it'll be interesting for the listeners just to watch that over the, the coming months to see where it goes, because you can guarantee if you've got a Coinbase app account, so we've all got our, we can store our money or our cryptocurrency and we can buy lakes of Cardano or Bitcoin or Ethereum on the app. I guarantee Coinbase are going to come out now with literally It'll be like a Coinbase bank account and you, you'll be able to do direct debits and standing orders and make make quick payments and receive payments. This is all coming. It's just, and I'm going to throw something out there. I'm going to say that who's to say something like PayPal doesn't partner up with Coinbase and that's it, job done. You'll never need a bank in your life again. Yeah. Um, what well, would you, this is a bit off topic, but would you think reserve come in there rsr anything to do with that since the owners of paypal are huge investors in that that's a great question and obviously when we spoke to neve in episode three she has she's massively into reserve and rsr which is the coin and i mean it has done amazingly well over the last three or four months but you're right so the paypal founders have all invested in reserve it's now going through its trials in Venezuela, Colombia, Argentina. Uh, you can't buy it. You can't get it on iTunes and as an Apple app. 
yet. It's on Android, but oh, oh, you've just thrown that. Where could that go? Where could that go? So PayPal has been, has introduced that in the USA, you can buy crypto and you can store crypto on your PayPal wallet. And they've announced that they're coming to the UK and Europe. Do, Do you have a PayPal account? Yeah. I think most people these days now have a PayPal account. If they've had it for so long as well, that even if you don't think you've got one, back in the day, you probably did set one up. And I think that's a great point because I've got a PayPal account, but I've never used it. So I opened a PayPal account. I think I used I opened it thinking I would use it with eBay, but I never did. But lots of people have, and lots of people will still use PayPal to maybe split a bill, but where PayPal is going to go I, is going to be really interesting as well because, number one, in the UK, they're going to be offering the standard services where you can pay for things. You, you can send and receive money. Then they're going to offer cryptocurrency beside that. And just now I think they can do Bitcoin. They might do Cardano and others. But then I think they move, they're, they're going to move and transition into, well, you can almost use this like a bank account as well. Because we, you can set up regular payments or direct debits. Um, you, you can get loans. They've already got a credit card. And I just wonder if you think about where we could be in 10 years' time. If I was sitting as the CEO of NatWest or Lloyd's or Santander, I'd be thinking these little companies who just now we just see as little things on the side could end up being the new banks and eat our lunch. They need to be scared and they need to have a strategy in place to not get crushed, essentially, by these little companies who will just take off as cryptocurrency is more widely adopted. Yeah. And when we talk about cryptocurrency being more widely adopted, let's put that into perspective as well for the audience. Over the last couple of weeks, the Global market capitalization of Bitcoin has gone to one trillion, one trillion dollars. So it's crossed, it's crossed this real milestone, which makes it almost as valuable as, as Apple. They're talking about it's going to overtake Apple or it's going to overtake Facebook in value. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Apple's two trillion. I want to say, and so it's more than halfway there of taking over Apple. Yeah, and, and I think as we record this, the price of Bitcoin, if you were to buy one Bitcoin, it's something like £45,000 or 60 thousand dollars That's massive. And there's lots of speculation about where that could go, but the fact that it's become hit $1 trillion, that almost puts it into this real investable asset status, and that's the kind of language and the storylines and the buzz that we are hearing from America. Yeah, one thing that I've seen in, it was actually on Twitter this week, and I was actually shocked by it because I didn't realise, you don't realise till it's put in perspective against something else, how big cryptocurrency is. So this week, cryptocurrency as a whole actually took over the Great British Pound as the sixth most valuable currency in the world. And wow. that's mad. If you think of it that way, cryptocurrency is now more valuable than the British pound. That is massive. You as listeners are not getting a quarter of this information 
in the British media. It's just, mm-hmm. as you said earlier on, it's not being covered properly. They'll go for a headline grab or the, the, the covered coin base, but no one's actually, apart from the Scotsman, nice. is, is covering what is going on in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Let's bring it back to the UK. You come up with something about something you found out about a Premier League football club. Yeah. So I've seen this again this week because everything seems to be happening this week. So Southampton Football Club are sponsored by sportsbet.io who accept Bitcoin as a form of betting. Um, so you can bet on sports games uh, with Bitcoin and you'll get paid in Bitcoin. And Southampton are sponsored by this betting company and they've now reached a deal where all the Southampton players will receive their bonus in Bitcoin. And holy schmoly. If you think of a footballer's bonus, that's huge. That is huge. And they're getting paid in Bitcoin now and they're happy to be paid in Bitcoin. Wow. There's a first and whether it's a first in the UK, I'm not sure, but a Premier League football club, all the football players who are making good money are being paid in Bitcoin. So they must be so they must be buying that Southampton must be buying that Bitcoin on an exchange to be able to pay them. Yeah. So what made me think was are they buying it as they're paying out the bonus? Or if they just are they gathering Bitcoin on their balance sheet? So let's let's move back across quickly to the Atlantic <laughs> and let people know that in the USA there are companies in the USA who will, who will already pay their staff in Bitcoin should they want it. And they are investing all every bit of profit they make into Bitcoin. And one of those companies is called MicroStrategy. Now, we know MicroStrategy well. Yeah. And the CEO there, what's his name? Michael Saylor. Michael Saylor. I mean, so do you think about that? I just asked you, a 24-year-old guy in Dundee, who the MicroStrategy CEO is, he went, yeah, it's Michael Saylor. And we know him because he's like a god in the crypto world. Now he's become this absolutely massive ambassador for Bitcoin. And he, he not only did he take the $500 million or so that was sitting on his balance sheet and buy Bitcoin, he then borrowed over a billion dollars at extremely low rates and bought even more Bitcoin. And I think now that his com- he's made his company $2 billion extra because he's bought all this Bitcoin because it's gone up. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to put into words how much, he, how much of an effect he has had on the Bitcoin and crypto world. But as you say, people wouldn't realize who this guy is. Like if I said Michael Saylor to one of my friends, they wouldn't know. But in the crypto world, he is <laughs> he is a god, like you said. And he's bought so every month as part of his company's treasury policy, whenever they make profit, they immediately buy Bitcoin with it. So every month he puts a tweet out advertising his com- a link to his company's mm-hmm. um, official website where he will say something like. MicroStrategy used $15 million of its treasury policy, treasury money in its policy, and we bought 220 Bitcoin at $59,000. And he's he's committed to doing that forever in that company because he believes that Bitcoin 
as a store of value and a potential reserve asset for the USA to use is just going to go up and up and up. So he's buying as much as he can now. And he's offered to pay his staff, or is it the board, the board members? So the board of directors are all now paid in Bitcoin. Oh, wow. So I'm, I hope we're getting across to the audience just what is going on and how big this is becoming. Yeah. Let me give you another name, a name that everyone will know, Elon Musk. Huge. He's the most innovative mind of this generation, potentially. I mean, if he gets people on Mars potentially ever to live and the fact that he is now adopting cryptocurrency that says something that's all i need to yeah. say like end off we're done yeah. <laughs> he is if he's doing it you should think about it and do research yeah because he's he's way he thinks he's a futurist so he thinks way ahead of where we are i mean i'm thinking about what i'm going to have for my dinner tonight he's thinking about what he's going to have for his dinner on mars <laughs> <laughs> You know, if you look at the companies he's involved in, number one, SpaceX, you know, putting rockets up and then bringing them back to Earth. He wants to go to Mars, not the moon. Number two, Tesla, making the world a greener place, ecological cars um, with fantastic battery technology. And then three, the Hyperloops, where he's digging under cities like Las Vegas, where they're trying to create these um, fantastic ways of traveling without, again, no emissions. So if you imagine that you can go from one side of Las Vegas to the other or from Las Vegas to Los Angeles and what normally would maybe take, I'm making this up, two hours, you can do it in half an hour. Yeah. Where they're going, where what he's involved with is phenomenal. And now you can buy, you can use a Bitcoin and buy a Tesla. Yeah. And I mean, that's a win-win for him because then he just keeps it. He keeps the Bitcoin. <laughs> he doesn't sell it and for dollars. He wants to hold it. It is so interesting. If you go to the Tesla website and you try and buy a Tesla online, and you so you go, I'll have a, a white Tesla. I want that model. I want this with it. Give me some fancy alloy wheels. And it goes to the payment section, and you can pay with Great British Pounds, uh, dollars, or Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So these you—you made a great point there. He's—he's—he thinks way ahead, and he's already thinking Bitcoin. And of course, Tesla bought one billion dollars worth as well. Yeah, uh, one point five. One point five. One point five billion dollars. Yeah, and he's already wow. made—he's doubled that already. Yeah, that investment that he made. What was it? Four months ago. Yeah, it, it was less than that. Maybe he's doubled that now. He's doubled it. <laughs> But that's, I think we should pick up on that, is that these guys are holding it and they keep buying it, even though the price is going up. And people are thinking, oh, am I too late? I've missed the boat. I don't think you have. This is still the beginning. And for guys like you and me, who believe that Bitcoin will go to £150,000 at some point, who we believe that Cardano will go to five pounds we believe because we've looked at the technology and we've looked at how that's going to change places like africa or payment systems peer-to-peer -peer lending and we know that it's coming but other people maybe the audience are thinking this is just all this is all crazy one thing i think is really important and i think it's really important for us to stress to, to the listeners the number is not always going to go up and there could be a bear market mm -hmm. 
So do you want to try and explain the difference between a bull and a bear market? Yeah. So in the past, we've seen, let's use Bitcoin because it is the most dominant uh, cryptocurrency out there. And all the other cryptocurrencies seem to follow the pattern of Bitcoin at the moment because it is so dominant. So in the past, Bitcoin has, it's like a roller coaster. It's gone up, which is called a, a bull market where the price is going up and then it'll hit a top and it'll peak and then it will hit a bear market where the price will go down and nobody knows how much it will go down, how much percent it will go down. So these cycles go over four years. So at the moment, we're in a bull market. The price 13 months ago was £3,000. And now look at it. It's at £45,000. And it's projected to keep going for the rest of this year at least. But there will be a point where we potentially could hit a bear market, which is where the price will drop down again. But it's so hard to tell now because we've got the likes of Michael Saylor and Elon Musk coming in and putting real money into it, like billions. We didn't have that before. We just had people like me and you, Jim, just putting in our leftover cash into it. But now these big players are in. Bitcoin and all other cryptocurrencies have now been given a leg up and we don't know how big this bear market's going to be and it, even if a bear market is coming. And that's that. I think that's something that well, stock markets have cycles, even traditional stock markets have cycles where they have, there's, they have 10 good years and they may have five sort of poor years. And right now, as this bull market has taken place in 2021, and all the money that's getting pumped in, we talked about the Bitcoin market cap being $1 trillion. This might go on and all the way into 2022. So there is so much institutional interest. And then what's going to happen is people listening to podcasts like this will say, I am going to open a Zumo wallet. I'm going to open a Coinbase wallet. I'm going to stick £100 a month in or... I'm going to stick £5,000 of my savings in and they will sit and they're, they're going to hope that they ride that wave. That's the danger. And I think everyone needs to know that. That's the dangerous bit because even though everything's going up just now and everyone thinks and believes it's going to go up in 2022, that might not happen because no, no one has a crystal ball. It would be interesting if you were to sit, if we were sitting in December of 2021 and we looked back in this podcast, will Bitcoin be $300,000 or will Bitcoin be $70,000? Now, right now, there are a masses of people who have lived and breathed this for longer than us who are convinced that because of the way Bitcoin is set up mathematically, the way that it halves every four years, the, the, the amount of money coming into it, this new narrative as a store of value, then it's just going to go up and up and up. And the fact that some country or nation state or sovereign wealth fund might come in and say, we're going to start buying it as a, a, as a store of value. I mean, that could just send it staler. But by the same token, don't forget the banks. Don't forget the power they have. Don't forget central governments. And don't forget regulation. And I think that's one of the big things that people are just forgetting in all this hype and fizz. I think that the USA 
Um, I think that the UK, I, I am convinced without a doubt that Europe being the way the European Union and the European Central Bank will clamp down on Bitcoin. They'll clamp down on cryptocurrency because it's their nature to do it. They're less entrepreneurial and less uh, capitalist capitalism focused than the USA uh, and they will try and regulate it big style. You watch Christine Lagarde. Now, if that happens and you live in Europe, you're going to have a problem Europe, with your cryptocurrency because if you've got a Coinbase account in Europe and they say, we're, you're, you're not going to be, we are not going to allow you to move your cryptocurrency off that Coinbase account and into a bank, then you're snookered unless Coinbase become a bank. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for the turning point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry about scaring you a little in that last section, but these things need to be said. As with any investment, there are risks. Coming up, we go into the mad inflation prices. I mean, how's a Freddo gone from 10p to 30p now? It's just mad. But first, a little word from our amazing show sponsors, Zumo. How cool would it be if you could have an app on your phone to buy, sell, send, and store your cryptocurrency? Zumo have made exactly that. Now, I've been using the app for a couple of months now, and I love it. It's just so easy to navigate. But what I'm really excited about is their debit card getting released soon. They're one of the first companies to offer this. For me personally, having more money in cryptocurrency than I do in pounds, being able to go down to my local food shop and spend my cryptocurrency just exactly the same way I would with my Bank of Scotland card is a huge advantage. Now all you have to do is simply head over to your phone's app store, download Zumo and follow the simple steps to setting up an account. It could not be easier. Okay, let's get back to the show. So bringing it, bringing it to a macroeconomic level, just, just now where we are, if you, the European Central Banks is now sitting at Oh, it's something ridiculous in the amount of trillions that it's sitting in debt. I think it's got 70% of its liabilities is equal to the gross domestic product of Europe. What that means is it's skint. What that means is it's, it's just printing money. And at some point, that's going to create inflation. And that inflation, we can see it already in house prices in the UK. We can see it in the cost of a coffee. We can see it in the cost of a car. You can see it in when you go to the supermarket. Everything is going up in value. The, your electricity, your water rates, everything's going up in uh, everything's going up in cost, and that is inflation. And that's why the there's this narrative that buying Bitcoin and cryptocurrency will protect them from that inflation in the long term. And I think guys that like you appreciate that. Yeah. And like the example that I use is a Freddo. When I'm, when I'm describing inflation, when I was younger, I used to be able to buy a Freddo, which was a little chocolate bar yeah. that you could get in the UK. And it was 10p. And now I go in and they're 30p for a 30p. little chocolate bar. Well, there you go. So there's a, there, and the other thing is, when you buy a chocolate bar these days in the UK, 
a chocolate bar might have been, I'm making this up, 50 grams. It's now 40 grams, but you're paying double the price. Oh, don't get me started. Do not get me started. <laughs> uh, oh, they've halved the amount of crisps that you get in crisp packets now. I, yes. I swear they have. It's so annoying. I you get know, that's called. What is that? That's called. So they call that shrinkflation. It's called shrinkflation. So the, you because they're trying to keep the cost down and not instead of instead of that packet of crisp being fifty p, they need to charge a pound now. So they try and keep it at fifty p, but they give you less. It's uh-huh. just and, so and, sneaky. Exactly, but this is this is this is inflation, and it's happening. It's going crazy. It's gone crazy over the last um, ten or fifteen years. And Michael Saylor of Michael Strategy, that's what he was saying. He's saying I have got five hundred million dollars in my bank account, and the real rate of inflation is fifteen percent. It's not two percent. It's fifteen because everything's going up in price. Let's not stop kidding ourselves on. So my fifteen, my fifth five hundred million dollars is getting eaten away. And he calls it the melting iceberg. It's just melting. So therefore, that's why he said, "I'm going to switch it into Bitcoin because I believe that's going to protect the value of my money." That's how these guys are thinking. And if you think of it like that, it makes sense. And I asked you a question. So I know that you you've looked after your mum and dad, and you've got them their wallet. So they've got their Zuma wallet. They've got their Coinbase wallet. They've invested some money into cryptocurrency, and you've you've chosen the ones that you've you've chosen for them. We don't make any recommendations in this show. That you told me has doubled in value. Yeah. And I asked you a question, and I said, "Do you not think you should maybe you've doubled your money? I mean, doubling your money. You know, sometimes the place you can do that in the casino, and even then, you might not." So you've doubled it. Should you take it out? And what was your answer to me? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. So yeah, I've now doubled their original investment. And I do not want them taking that out just now. I think that would be silly, like really, really silly. Because they've doubled it. And now I can see it going four or five times the value of what it is. What? Really? Yeah. It's, I've got so much confidence in cryptocurrency. And you know what? I actually believe that this will create generational wealth for my family. Wow. And it may do so. It may do so. Based Based on what I'm seeing, based on the research, based on the amount of money coming in, based on the technologies, the use cases. I think I think your generation really does, I don't know how you, what you think about banks, but I think you just want to almost like bank yourself and just run it from your own digital account, your own wallet, then the adoption is going to be massive. The adoption is going to, so therefore, you know what? Maybe it will go, maybe your, your folks will create generational wealth for you and for them and and maybe that's something for the audience to ponder and think about. And yeah. The fact that you and I believe that, and I know there's that massive age gap between us, but we both believe that. And I'm I'm very sceptical as a, as a writer and a journalist. Um, and you, you're you doing your research, but you've got even more conviction than me. Not, not a kind of blind, oh, I hope this, but you, you believe this sector's going to go and go. It's, it is. like You can, from my perspective... 
I can see the current system and the inflation like we were talking about. Where does that end? Where does it end? Does it end a five pound Freddo? I, I I don't want to pay five pound for a Freddo. Um, there's it's yeah. does it just keep going and going and then we turn into the new Venezuela where we're printing a one million pound note. It's just going to keep going, going. Something needs to change. So I can see with my, or for my generation, it's hard to put money in and create that generational wealth because we don't have it. Like I've just got out or came out of university a couple of years ago. It's hard to get a job. And then the pandemic hits. Like I don't have savings. So I turned to my parents who did have savings and I wanted to create this generational wealth that I was talking about because I see it as such a big opportunity and I don't want the, the Walker name to miss out on this opportunity. And that's quite powerful when you say it that way because so many people have been made so much money over the last 50 years and there's a lot of millionaires out there that have made money in stock markets and real estate and all that sort of thing. But this feels like an opportunity for so many young people like you who are, it is, it is tough out there. Um, and getting a minimum wage job just doesn't cut it. And cryptocurrency has given you the opportunity. I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on. So Jordan, here's, here's a bit of history that really makes me think about where to position this whole bear market, bull market, trust and money thing going on just now. Rome was a massive civilization. I think there was like 5 million people lived in Rome. It was massive. And the Romans had a currency, and that currency was called the denarii. And you you can see it in old films, give me 10 denarii or 5 denarii for that. And it was a coin. But what happened over a number of years was people would clip the coin. So initially it came out and it might be 80% silver. And then it went down to 50% silver. And then 10 years later, it had been 30% silver. So the amount of silver in the coin was reduced, but then people would clip the coins. And they, so the coins got different shape because people were clipping it to take, to, because there, there was a value in it. So what happened was over time, people lost trust in the value of a denarii and the, the value of the Roman currency. And that led to the fall of Rome. That was one of the deciding factors that, because Rome Rome was massive in all the history books. And it was the loss of trust in the denarii and the currency and the coin. And it just went down the pan and people moved out, people moved away from Rome and the Roman civilization is no longer. And people think, oh, that could never happen now. But you look at, let's look at the US dollar. So the US dollar, six months ago, you could buy, $1.21 $1.21 with your pound. Now you can buy $1.40 with your pound. So it's worth even less because America's printing so much money, it's devaluing its currency. And at some point, we've got to be really careful because the money they've got, whether it's a dollar or a euro or a pound, people can lose trust in that. And if they lose trust in that, we've got big problems. And that's why so many, I think, so many young people are now putting their trust in the likes of Bitcoin, Cardano, and stuff that they can hold, and it makes them more sovereign as individuals. What do you think about that? I 100% agree. That is what is happening. It's what's happening because I don't feel I've got any trust in 
firstly, the my bank. I've got no trust in them. So that's why I don't hold, I hold hardly anything in my bank account. And, and then, sad. like... And that's, that's a shame because the banks are supposed to be the most... Your, your bank is supposed to be like your doctor, totally yeah. trustworthy. Well, the annoying thing is that I see on the TV, I'll see adverts for banks and it's like, oh, you can trust us. And if you look at banking adverts, it's all about trusting them and loyalty so they're just marketing to build that image and keep that image of trust but now it's it is deteriorating and that's why there's so many adverts just getting pumped out it's like you can trust in us and yeah yeah it's it's difficult and then on top of that you've got the governments as well and yeah that's i don't even want to get started on that i've got no trust yeah Yeah. (laughs) that but I wonder if you were to talk to four or five of your friends at, at your age, at age 23, is that something, is that a general theme that's developing? So for the government, yes, I would say so. With banking, not really so, because people don't understand really what's happening yet. And when they do, I think there will be something big will happen when people start realizing what banks are and where your money actually goes. Exactly. And this is, we've moved into all sorts of deep conversations now about macroeconomics and banking and the value of money. I guess what that does is it brings it back into sharp focus on why so many big institutions and big investors in the USA primarily are buying and stacking Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies because they're looking 10 or 15 years ahead in the future and they're saying, here's what's going to happen, therefore I'm going to protect myself now. And I hope that the listeners and the audience go away from this and we've made them think about, hold on a minute, where could we be in 10 years' time? And is cryptocurrency just a way to get rich or create generational wealth? Or is it a way that I can actually protect some of my wealth that I'm creating now? Because things, big structural change coming, I would suggest. Huge. Okay, now we've scared everybody out (laughs) of wits. (laughs) Um, We've talked about MicroStrategy. We've talked about Tesla, PayPal, Coinbase. Market caps, we've talked about the macroeconomic picture and inflation. <sighs> Quite a lot there. There's a lot to take in there. And that's why when we do this podcast and we speak to our guests, they are so, so enthusiastic about cryptocurrency because so many of them see it as this is the new money, this is the new currency, this is the new gold, this is their opportunity to pull them up out of where they are and buy that car and buy that house and have money for their old age. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it just, it just feels new. Mm-hmm. New things are scary. Um, you need to remember that. Like we're not, we're trying to educate people on what we think is going to happen in the next 10 to 15 years. And we're just trying to give an insight into what is going on in the world today and how much traction it is actually picking up and just to start thinking about what is actually happening with your money at the moment and how you're going to protect that. 
even listening to you talking that way as a 23-year-old, I mean, I just didn't have that insight then because I just trusted banks and insurance companies. And But there's definitely been an erosion in trust there and maybe cryptocurrency is part of a, just part of the, this is what's popped up as a result of it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, it's born off the back of the 2008 recession. So yeah. it's definitely correlates with the banking sector and what's going on there okay jordan wow um deep and thought-provoking let's uh, hope that we've made our listeners think more and they go away and cogitate so and what (laughs) (laughs) uh, i just i guess it's just ponder and think and do some research and wonder where they are just now in their lives and because a lot of the things we take for granted are going to change, I think, hugely. Yeah. And let's let's just finish with one guy. Whether you like him or not, Elon Musk wants to put a rocket on Mars and he also wants to buy Bitcoin. That, like you, that says for me, I need to think ahead. Right. That was a lot to take in. But hopefully you can now see the scale of what crypto is actually doing to the world. If you have any questions please send us an email on hello at crypto-standard.co.uk or just message us on our social medias. It would also be amazing if you could drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and we'll see you on the next episode.